sustainability is um, on everybody's lips and you know, we're talking about climate change, et cetera. One of the things that was that came out earlier this week, but I think it was Expedia and a number of other OTAs were now saying that they were going to prioritize in their searches those hotels that were net zero. So those hotels that were net zero will appear at the top in their algorithms. And that was part of their approach as a company to promote and help people understand the benefit of making the changes in their organizations to actually um, help with the climate change um, issues that we all know about. How do you think that's going to affect revenue management and the RMS systems? How it's, it's hard to know for sure. I mean, it's it, it goes. It's almost you know back to that reputation thing in many respects. I, I suppose we'll we, we will we will we will see. My my personal view is also that you can't just leave it up to each individual to to make their change. You know, we you know you and I will do certain things at a personal level, but the, but the fundamental fact is that. If you want substantial change and meaningful change, it, it, it's got to be mandated or delegated. You know, company behavior, personal behavior is will we'll change slowly if we're not forced to change. Yeah, and, I agree. Maybe, I agree totally with that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Expedia is doing this, and and I, you know, yeah, well, the devil's in the detail. But if if they are committed to doing this and they're not, you know, not not trying to, it's not just window dressing. Then, then, then it's, a, then it's got to be a good thing, I think, for forcing hotels to actually uh, reflect. You know, if it if it hurts their bottom line, if it hurts their top line um, by not making the changes, then uh, it it'll force them to to think much harder about what they need to be doing. And that, you know, that's not just hotels. That's that's every organisation. That's every individual. You know, you've got we've got to create some pain. Before exactly. I you mean, I that. agree totally with that. Yeah, I agree. It's it, it's the reality. I mean, I know that when I was at Think, we started looking at the new builds, and we we technically on paper made very good changes in the constructions and in the implementations from a climate change perspective. But I'll tell you, when I was in those meetings, it had nothing to do with climate change. It had everything to do with keeping our costs down. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and that that's what drove it more than anything else. We just yeah. want to keep our costs down, and that made it. A more efficient building to run and yeah. operate. Yeah. So I think that I think I agree with what you're saying. One of the reasons that I highlighted this, the idea of promoting those that are not net zero, is I think so. There are going to be some people who say, "Well, that's a good reason to put our prices up," because they're going to say, "Well, people are willing to actually pay more if you're net zero." And I'm not convinced of that. I think people want everybody to be net zero. I don't think the consumer. I, yeah, I don't think the consumer is going to. Well, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, when it's a decision between paying 150 versus 200, I think they'll go for the 150 if, even if that hotel is not net zero. So you know, I think it's yes, the visibility that that Expedia will generate by being on page one is significant, and that that'll definitely improve the the the, the hotel's performance. But will it? Perf- Improve their performance to the point where they can, you know, significantly increase price. I don't think so. I think it's, you know, when uh, the, the, there will be benefits and they will be able to push price higher because there's increased demand. But I think if they go too crazy, then they'll start losing. You know, p- people will walk away and they'll look for alternatives. Yeah. So hopefully, I, hopefully not. 
I, I think there's going to be a very interesting comparison done by the XP, guys Expedia and Booking.com because obviously they have they own a lot of OTAs. It's not just the one OTA that these guys own and manage. I reckon that what will happen is they'll compare their numbers with those OTAs they own where they're not doing this. Because I think it's actually quite a dangerous thing to start saying you're going to put the people who are net zero at the top because they have to be like for like. And yeah. the reality that I see is that the more you offer as a hotel, the harder it is to be net zero. So that yeah. means that offer those, those hotels that offer a sparse, have a very sparse offering, for them it would be easy. But those who offer a swimming pool, a spa, yes, meals, yeah. all the rest of it, you're going to find that they, if they go down the listings, people won't choose it on that OTA. But guess what? They'll suddenly realize they're doing well on another OTA. Yeah, they don't true. have that. And I, so it is a quite a dangerous thing. So, you know, not everybody is the same. And, you know, saying, giving priority to um, in the search engines to those that are actually net zero, I think is actually going to be a very interesting thing to see just how long they can sustain that as a business model. Yeah. And and it's quite interesting because there's also a story today that came out about brands. And this was actually out of the United States. And it was actually saying, and and it's almost like uh it's almost like it's almost like, okay, we accept a particular path, but now we have to be wary of taking those steps. And that and the story was that the brands were actually in, instruct some of the big brands were instructing their advertisers not to publish, no, not to promote themselves or promote them alongside you know, any sort of uh, news story to do with climate change or any even. You know, and the reason is that they, they're feeling it's going to have a negative consequence. And they did this during the pandemic as well. They were instructing advertisers not to actually push any of their advertising on any web page that was talking about COVID because they didn't want to be associated with COVID. So, it's, and I think that the COVID one I can understand, you know, in some respects, because obviously, you know, you, you, you don't want people looking at your wonderful hotel or uh, if you've got a bicycle or a car or whatever, and then thinking, well, actually, you know, how can I, what will happen if other people get in the car, et cetera, and all that yes. kind of stuff. You don't, you, know, you don't want people thinking like that. However, I think there's a realisation that maybe some of these brands aren't going to get to net zero quite as quickly as bit they'd like to. And yeah, just- as a result of that... So, it, it kind of makes me think that actually they're going to feel the pressure to get there. And that's why they don't, they're trying to reduce that pressure by not having it becoming the constant theme when discussing, you know, when talking to them, which is why they want to stay away from, you know, stories to do with climate change. So, which then made me think about how the, one of the other elements of this is that corporates, many, obviously they haven't been traveling and many agents around the world, global agents around the world are looking at forward to 2022 as the year the corporates come back, which is almost the opposite of what you would think would happen, given that one, they're afraid to even be associated with climate change <laughs> articles. And secondly, there's pressure on them to actually become net zero. And I'm just wondering from a, you know, from your perspective, how, how you, where, where do you think things are going to move? I think back to my earlier point, you know, I think what's coming out of COP now is it's clear that there's an, there's no, Really tough decisions being made. There's no, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, none of the leaders there are saying we've really got to double down on our efforts and we've got to put meaningful targets in place, meaningful legis- you know, legislation and, and controls in place to, to drive this down. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, we know we've got to do it, but, but we 
don't want to you know, commit to to a, a tough period of of uh, commitment and and I think that's true of, of businesses you know unless businesses are really forced to and and see a financial penalty or financial benefit in doing these things they will sort of meander towards the, the goals but not not sprint towards them and um and yeah i think i think you know just human nature we're all, we're all like that you know we 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 have to we want to pr- protect and preserve our our immediate lifestyles even though we know that the consequence of doing so uh, could be severe and 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 you know how many of us have actually made huge changes in our lives in, in exactly. even though we know this is coming and yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know I, I i just think it's 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 governments and businesses that need to really you know commit to it otherwise yeah we're, we're going to all of these all of these changes are, are just going to be window dressing and superficial and really not amount to much in the short term yeah and i i, I agree with that especially when you think if you take it of the view that if cop 26 had happened in 2019 when everything was looking really good people would have had a very different view as opposed to now when we've already had a tough two years who was yeah. having another tough two years now it's really hard. I can I can appreciate where a lot of the pressure is coming from because in coming out of the pandemic, obviously, you know, people are hoping to have some times that they can get back to boom rather than actually meander to it. They want to get there quickly, which obviously, yeah. it kind of as a message, works very much uh, is not aligned to a climate change type of message. But what I think is interesting is that corporates have to take a long view because of the size of the organization. So if you've got 100,000 employees or more, th- those aren't decisions you can take on the spur of the moment. So therefore, the long-term view has to be almost like the standard view of thinking. And HSBC, Zurich Insurance, their CEOs have come out with some big statements saying they're, they're going to reduce travel dramatically. Yeah. You know? So as a result of that, if that's the norm with those type of organizations, it may not happen immediately, but very soon those those ideas will filter through into the very DNA of those organizations. And also at the same time, the pandemic has, has kind of created this environment of we can do our work from home. You know, and that's still a big topic at the moment. You know, people are still trying to work out, can you work from home? Is it good for you to work from home all the time? How does it affect your job prospects in, the, in an organization if you never meet anybody there is a whole range of things around mental health, et cetera, et cetera. And it just seems to me that maybe the business model of the hotels and hospitality maybe in general needs to start uh, where, where, it's, where it's focused on corporate travel and corporate getting back to what they were before needs to be rethought a little bit. And, it's, yeah. you know, and in terms of revenue management and in terms of working out rates, in the past, how many times have we heard people say, well, the the corporates are more important. We hold on to that inventory because we might get a corporate deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's always given the highest priority. Doesn't matter what you say, you can never release it until the person who's holding on to it has decided, okay, I can't get the deal. So maybe there's some element that's going to come into play where people have got to say, all right, we hold on to some inventory, but we now have to rethink how we determine when that should be opened up. Yeah, well, there's definitely more of a. I can already see this. Uh, more of pe- people aren't just going on business, you know. Whereas previously, I was like, 
you're on a business trip and you're there to have X number of meetings and it's all about those meetings. The, the, the trouble that I'm seeing back now, this is happening within my own organization, is let's, let's, we need to, because we're working from home and remotely, we need to spend time together with, with people. So let's, almost the catalyst or the driver for the business meeting is the social aspect. And then if we're going to organize this event to meet without a real business reason other than to sort of knowledge share or just collaborate and things like that who else can i see and which customers can i see so the reason for travel i think is going to change and probably there'll be fewer trips but more but but more people traveling when when you do organize these events i also think that big trade shows are going to diminish in, in popularity i think there's going to be many more micro events more intimate specific events tailored for a much more tailored audience uh, rather than sort of just big general trade shows where people you know hundreds of thousands pour in for a week or whatever i think you're going to have much more bespoke specialized events more, more of them um so i i don't know right it's 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 looking early, like days. Ball and early days yeah it's I, you know one thing i i i can see happening is as soon as business does improve and as soon as a client says to you, Roger, I want to see you face to face before I sign the deal. Guess what? You'll be there in a shot, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I try to predict it actually and try to get there before they've even thought about it. Yeah. So you know, what are the drivers for tra- travel and business travel in particular? It's, it's a lot of it is driven by your clients and, you, and what they want and if uh, you know maybe maybe they will not want to see you as often maybe um that that's quite likely but when they do want to see you you will do what you need to do to 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 accommodate them and um you know if yeah certainly you know building relationships over zoom and stuff is, is tough and i think the face-to-face element um is is, is still important yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, two things come to mind. One is during the pandemic, when the company like Microsoft came out, you know, they're really pushing Teams hard as a competitor to Zoom. The collaborative type applications like Salesforce and, and Slack are another good example. I mean, obviously, they've been bought by Salesforce now. One of the things that was being said uh, by investors in these companies were that they were predicting that organizations, and we're talking go corporates primarily, big organizations, would end up having very different organizations internationally. Mm. So you'd, whereas in the past, you would have to get effectively almost like a person of equivalent of a CEO into a country to build up the organization, they were seeing that actually that wouldn't be the case. It would be a question of just getting some good people. And then you just make sure that you can go there as an interim and just bring them together. So that kind of would imply that There'd be lots of short trips. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Lots of right. short trips, but but those short trips won't be as many room nights as the old days. No, no. Well, I, I mean, I remember being quite surprised in previous roles where the, the sales guys would literally, someone would say, "Can I can I see you later in the week?" And they would, you know, literally book their flights and, and fly off in the for for one meeting and then fly back back again. And I d- I don't think that's yeah, it'll return to some extent, but not to the extent that we did before. And I think people are going to be much more, you know, do much more due diligence, really validate and justify the trip before they, they jump on the plane and, and, and fly wherever. So I agree. The the volume of trips is, is 
I, I expect will not not reach the same le- le- level as before. Maybe when they're there, they'll spend more time. So, you know, that CEO going to that remote organization and sort of trying to impart culture and, you know, help create the nucleus of, of an or- their organization remotely will have to spend rather than just, you know, one or two nights there, but maybe three or four nights. So you know, maybe the trips will be longer, but there'll be fewer of them. We hope you enjoyed listening to this bite-sized edition of Hospitality News and Views. The full editions are available on all popular podcasting platforms and include additional material which we hope you will enjoy. Thank you.